Our scripture lesson this morning is from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. The word of God for the people of God. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning, and I'm glad you're here this morning. And uh, happy Father's Day to all you fathers and grandfathers this morning. And uh, I don't think there's many days that I go through a day that I don't do something that reminds me of something that my dad showed me or taught me. And uh, as I was preparing what I was going to say this morning, I was trying to narrow it down to one story I might tell you about my dad. And I think I have. Uh, I was about eight years old, and uh, we worked a farm outside of town in a little place called Sugar Valley, Georgia. And uh, there were some cows and hogs and chickens and ducks to feed, so we had to raise corn to feed the critters. And uh, there were seven children, five boys and two girls. And the boys and my dad, we would gather the corn, and my sisters and my mom would unload it in the corn crib. We had a wooden wagon and two mules that we used to get the corn in. And my daddy would drive it up and unload it and bring it back. Well, this one afternoon, I asked Daddy, I said, can I drive the wagon to the corn crib? And he said, sure, if you think you can. I said, I believe I can. So I got the mules to go in, and there's a creek that run along the field there, and there's a wooden bridge that you had to cross. And it looked to me like the mules wasn't going to turn quick enough. So I turned them. The mules made it on the bridge, but me and the wagon and the corn did not. And... We didn't land up in the creek, but we were awful close. But my dad saw what happened, and he ran and jumped in the wagon, and he got the mules to back up, and everything was all all right and fine. And he said, I want to show you something, Larry. And I said, yes, sir. He got the mules to go in, and he dropped the reins. The mules went up the road. They crossed the bridge. We followed a little trail up, went up to the corn crib. They pulled into the corn crib and stopped exactly where they needed to stop. 
And my dad said, Larry, these mules know how to do their job. And they do it very well. And they don't need any help from you or from me. And I said, yes, sir. And he put his arm around me. He said, but don't feel so bad. If you listen to me and do what I tell you to do every time I tell you to do it, who knows, one of these days you may be smart as one of these mules. I don't know if I've made it yet or not, but I'm still trying. But anyway, my dad did help me a lot throughout my life, and I'm sure that y'all may can recall times your dad helped you out. And, and you know, we have a Heavenly Father that's always there for us as well, and he'll, he'll do for us even more than our earthly fathers have done for us. We just need to hold on to our faith and step out in that faith and put it into action sometime. Our message today is faith in action. And to me, faith is a living, breathing confidence that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. And I will have to admit that revelation didn't come very easily to me, even after I had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was glad to have the salvation that he offered. But at times, I wanted that salvation on my terms. And sometimes I took the long way around the mountain with all of its slips and trips and falls to finally get to the point where I could make what I did other earlier about what I believe about faith. Uh, but I had a lot of help along the way. I had a lot of folks that cared about me. I had family that prayed for me. I had friends that prayed for me. I had good Christian folks that prayed for me. And through all of the times and the ups and downs that I went through, uh, I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was cared for. And I knew that I was prayed for. And those times and those thoughts got me through some difficult times in my life. And I was able, with the help of all these prayers and comforts of friends, to be able to put on the full armor of God that was mentioned in our scripture today. Uh, in this 8.30 gathering the past few weeks, Tyler has been talking about the act uh, of the apostles, and he's covered acts pretty well. And uh, he talks about the acts of the Christians in the very beginning stages of the church and how the church got started by the acts of these folks that were able to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I looked at some of those characters and, you know, uh, some of them took the long way around every now and then too to get to a point where they could speak boldly about Jesus Christ uh, Peter, he was very uncertain the night that Jesus was arrested and he was fearful. He was even more uncertain a little later by the firelight when somebody pointed him out as a follower of Jesus and he denied Jesus Christ three times. A little bit later, uh, when Peter received the gift of the Holy Spirit, Peter and James and John, just a few of the ones 
that were able to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ throughout Jerusalem, and they did so. And as they did so, thousands were added to the church daily because of the message that these men were speaking. And then there was Saul, that in the beginning, being an educated man that he was, and knowing Jewish and history and law as well as he did, he persecuted the church. He stood by many a time and watched people be stoned to death for their belief in Jesus Christ. And he even went as far as having some arrested and placed in jails. But when Jesus spoke to Paul after he became Paul, after Saul became Paul, and he accepted Jesus Christ into his heart and became a believer in Jesus Christ, Paul, Barnabas, and Silas, they were all part major players in, in starting churches and getting the church going throughout the Mediterranean, all around those areas at that particular time. These people were stepping out and speaking boldly about Jesus Christ. And as time went by, uh, the evil powers that be during that time were able to persecute, to kill a lot of the early Christian leaders. They were able to snuff out some of the early churches, but the church of Jesus Christ did not fail. Jesus Christ said that it will not fail, and it did not. The message continued to be spread through the acts of the people that became believers. And it spread from one generation to the next generation. And now from that time to this time has roughly been 2,000 years. And through that time, there have been a lot of persecutions and a lot of misery placed on people that carried the message of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it continues even to this day, not just in some it's even in our country as well. And sometimes it's even to the point that somebody gives their life up for their faith. Continue. And I think that maybe somewhere that uh, you may bit of aware of where I'm going with this, but, you know, uh, it gets to a point where we break it down, and now it's our turn to be part of the acts of the church, That's Christ, because the church of Christ, as I said, will not be stopped. This is just going to be another chapter in the book of Acts that continue the message is Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. And I know that we've all heard several different versions and stories about the crucifixion and what went on the day that Jesus Christ was crucified and dead and was buried. But I heard a minister sometime back going through it again and I may have missed what he said previously or was not listening or just did not think about it, but I want to take just a moment to tell you about this. But 
in case you don't know. Uh, when somebody was crucified, they were either strapped or nailed to a cross, their hands and their feet. And during the course of hanging on the cross, your body would move forward, your shoulders would move forward, go down, and your windpipe would be blocked and you couldn't breathe. So you would continually try to push yourself up so you could continue to breathe. And after a while, either through the mercy of the Roman guards or the fact that they got tired and were ready to go, they would come by and break your legs. So you couldn't push up anymore. And pretty soon you would slump and you would suffocate and die. But when they came to Jesus Christ, he was already dead. They did not have to break his legs. He bled to death. The Lamb of God shed his blood for me and for you. How can we not tell people about that? How can we be quiet about that? Jesus Christ shed his blood for us and for everybody that accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, when my mama passed away, my sisters were cleaning out and getting her belongings in order. And there was a Bible that they found that belonged to my mama. And on the Bible, she had written some names of people in the Bible that God had called into his service. And for whatever reason, in the beginning, they did not want to accept that call. And they, would, they, they tried to run away. They tried to hide. Uh, they did everything they could to keep from doing what God was calling them, calling them to do. But in the end, they and did what God had asked them to do. And the last thing that was written under those names that my mama wrote was, uh, when it's my turn, give me the strength to answer the call. And I want you to understand something there. She didn't write, if I get the call. When I get the call. She fully expected God to be able to use her for some purpose in his will for her life. And she lived her life that way every day that, that I had her on this earth. And whether she ever felt that she heard the voice of God calling her, she lived her life in a way that reflected Jesus Christ in her life. And you know, that's the way the early Christians had to do as well. They couldn't always speak about Jesus Christ boldly as some folks did but for fear of persecution and death. But they lived an example of Jesus Christ in their life by the way they lived their life. Their attitudes and their demeanor about things. And, you know, 
if we don't feel bold enough to speak, we can at least exemplify Jesus Christ in our lives by the way we act and our attitudes about things. When we avail ourselves to God, He will use us. Our faith in action works when we can do for Christ's church. It works when we pray for each other. It works when we are given an opportunity to share the story and the good news of Jesus Christ with someone. It works when someone takes a Bible or an upper room to a nursing home, a hospital, or a jail. It works when we put our faith into action. It was not always easy for the early Christian church, and it's not always going to be easy for us. I can't promise you a rosy day every day. Matter of fact, I can't promise you anything, but God does. He promises that He will be with us, that He will love us, that He will never leave us, and that He will never forsake us. And his promises are always true. And he always keeps his promise. I want you to think about something when you're on the edge of of your faith, so to speak, and you're ready and almost ready to step out in faith. But you're a little apprehensive, you're a little bit scared, and maybe you're just not ready to take that first step. It's okay. God is with you, your Heavenly Father is with you, and He's going to help you. You just have to believe that and have faith enough to step out. Things aren't always going to be good. Things aren't always going to be bad. But something I want to think about and away from this today is that when life caves in, And you don't need reasons, you need comfort. You do not need some answers, you need someone. And Jesus does not come to us with an explanation, He comes to us with His presence. We are always seeking the reasons, and we always want to know why. But God does not reveal His plan. God reveals Himself. He comes to us as warmth when we are cold. Fellowship when we are alone. Strength when we are weak. Peace when we are troubled. Courage when we are afraid. Songs when we are sad. And bread when we are hungry. He is with us on our journey. He is with us when we are at home. He sits with us at our table. He knows about funerals. He knows about weddings. He knows about commencements. He knows about hospitals. He knows about jails. He knows about unemployment. He knows about labor. He knows about laughter. He knows about rest. He knows about our tears. 
He knows because He is with us. And He comes to us again and again and again. And one thing that in closing today about how we should trust God and how much God loves us and wants the best for us when one of our sons, I'm not going to call his name, one of our sons was just learning to walk. I was in the bedroom doing something and he came in there and I picked him up and I sat him in the middle of the bed. And he got up and he wobbled over to the side of the bed and I was sitting in the floor and he got to the edge and he looked at me and I said, step out, I'll catch you. And he didn't want to at first, but finally I convinced him that it was all right and he stepped out and I caught him. And I set him back in the bed and then the game was on. He'd stop and look at me and I said, jump, I'll catch you. And he did that a couple of times then it got to where he didn't worry at all. He would just run right bed because he knew his dad was going to catch him. Our Heavenly Father is exactly like that. He is right there. He's ready to catch us, to hold us, to love us if we put our faith in action, if we put our trust in Him, if we stand up boldly for His Son, Jesus Christ. God is there. And that's the way it always is with God, and that's the way it always will be with God. Amen.